1: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are solid as the presidential transition begins. Yellen reportedly to Treasury. The Dow once again on pace for the best month since 87. We need a little more than 400 points for Dow 30K today. Our roadmap begins with the Biden bounce. The 30K watch continues with the transition in place and expectations for a Yellen Treasury.
2: Plus we got a bunch of retailers reporting earnings, Best Buy, Dick's, Dollar Tree and Burlington stores among names that are shedding more insight on the state of the consumer in this covid economy. And a ventilator boost for Medtronic, but sales for other medical devices remain lower. Medtronic CEO is going to join us exclusively later this hour. Carl, Jim's shaking his head already. I don't I don't know. <laughs> the most speculative market I've ever well, seen. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, Jim, I mean, what a confluence of headlines. And then you layer on what you were just talking about with Becky, this seemingly endless generational bid for, or for stocks in general.
3: I mean, you know, look at these. I mean, Plug Power did a deal last week, 38 million shares at twenty-two 25. You're up huge on that. Norwegian did a deal of, uh, last week, 40, th- 40 million shares at $20.80. You're up big on that. Carnival did a huge deal at $17.59. You're up huge on that. American Airlines just did a deal. They did a, a huge amount of stock, a, 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 a price that's a dollar below where this, this is, it's trading. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Where yeah. are the profit takers, David? Yeah. Where are they? I don't know. This is. And listen,
2: we've been talking about this new cohort in the market. Yes. They're for real, man. They are real. You know, and I mean, it's not just EV stocks that are you no. know, EV companies getting merged into SPACs to go public or any SPAC you want to talk about
3: or anything else. They're in everything. They are in everything. Carl, it is just uh, an amazing to behold thing. I mean, There are the numbers for airlines aren't that great. It doesn't matter. They're thrilled. They buy them. I mean, if I were any one of those airlines, I would right now offer 50 million shares right
1: now. And they buy it. How much money do they have? I don't know. Right. Well, Jim, uh, to that point, where is the wisdom right now in in zagging when the others are zigging? I'm thinking of B of A uh, last week talking about full bull, saying sell the vaccine, peak profitability, peak sentiment. Are you willing to go there?
3: Well, I think that what's happened is, is that there is a sense that if Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca can all make something, particularly AstraZeneca with is different, uh, different style vaccine, then we have it beat. Uh, now, of course, the, the odd thing is, is that the case number uh, each day shows we don't have it beat at all. But it doesn't matter. People are just lo- willing to look through this. David, I find it unbelievable that people are lo- willing to look through The number of cases. But there are a lot of people who genuinely believe there's about 70 million people, frankly, who genuinely believe that it's either a hoax or that it's not that bad. Don't don't get me. Don't get me down. I was feeling a little
2: better somehow.
3: What did I make you get?
2: I don't know. When I think about 70 million people who have a different set of what they consider to be facts than the rest of us, it's just uh, it's disturbing. David, I can see nothing on this issue. Uh, I know you don't. And I th- and I agree <laughs> with you in terms of those facts. And by the way, they're bad. It's you know, again, it depends what source you're looking to. I've never been able to resolve that. Some have a bit higher case count than what I watch does. But we're talking what I got one hundred and eighty eight thousand new cases yesterday, Texas, California, both with mm. uh, significant numbers. Um, Thankfully, not as bad a day in terms of deaths. But, Carl, we've said it many times. And, by the way, we've been, I think, having excellent coverage of various hospital systems around the country. It's a chorus that they all add to every day, unfortunately, which is they're filling up. We're at 85,000 or more hospitalizations right now. And that has to continue to be a key question as we talk to these administrators who are very concerned.
1: No doubt. Uh, I know I saw some pictures this morning, guys, of... um, White tents in Staten Island, uh, ostensibly uh, trying to build some extra capacity for hospitals, even here in New York City, Jim. Uh, That said, I mean, if this transition is now in place, that's going to mean a more seamless timeline for vaccine distribution. The takeaway on Yellen has been someone who is not just uh, with a deep understanding of unemployment, but obviously someone who's willing to go a little bit bigger in terms of fiscal stimulus. I even saw a piece this morning, Jim, that argued that Biden's unlikely to replace Powell. And give him a second term, which would uh, which would extend clarity for markets, if you if you if you agree with that point of view.
3: Look, I think that Powell would be unbelievable. It'd be nice. Uh, Powell really is very much aligned with what Biden was doing. I mean, you could say even last week when Secretary Mnuchin pulled some of these programs and I didn't think the programs were significant. But I do know that uh, you you have Chairman Powell just saying, listen, we we're not done. We're not done. And until we get a stimulus package, we are going to stay on the side of uh, 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 of of caution. And and so you have this kind of remarkable moment where you've got the Fed being loose. You've got a Treasury secretary who is a very strong hand. We all know her. There's no surprise. Uh, And she was very well liked as Fed chair. And so then you start thinking maybe it's going to be smooth. David, maybe it's going to be smooth. Maybe it
2: will. Maybe it will. And, uh, you know, I know those Robin Hood traders, they love Yellen. They, you know, they're very familiar with her work at the Council of Economic Advisors, even her <laughs> earlier work, I think, Jim. David, they through. love her
3: like they
1: love x the, the acoustic stuff.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, you know, they love x Pen. And she was unplugged, Carl. Unplugged? Uh, yeah. Yellen unplugged. Um, now, listen, she also, by the way, would be part of any decision when it came to a, a new Fed chair, right. uh, if that was g- going to be the case. Uh, one... Everything I know indicates she's had a good working relationship with uh, with Powell when she when he was on the board and she was the chair. Uh, And generally, the markets, as we know, yesterday, certainly uh, quite happy with the prospect of a Yellen at Treasury. I mean, some say, well, whatever happened in getting somebody from the business, but that's not going to happen
3: No, That's just not going to happen. I wonder given the fact that she didn't at one point like the way the small cap biotechs were trading, I wonder how she would think about Lee that L.I. I you know was a staff member. You know, was a staff member. I know. she got. To, look, member. I love her. I mean, come on. I happen I, to I, I think Jay Powell's great. I think, look, if you like stocks, you got two great people. I mean, if you don't like stocks, you're, you know, you're fighting Lee. You're fighting Neo. You're fighting the red pill. Yeah, I don't know.
1: That's Carl, what, a, what a throwback, Jim. I was just I had to look it up. I had to look it up. July 2014, uh, Yellen said that valuations of small cap biotechs were, quote, substantially stretched. And man, did we give her a hard time on that? for years. I mean, yeah, it was, I, to be fair, wasn't it in some sort of Fed paper? Was it was. was. She, I don't believe
2: she was, was. actually quoted specifically. I remember it. us, us yeah. being on set at the NYC and talking a lot about it. Well, what does she think of it? fuel cell
3: energy? <laughs> What does you think of plug power? Uh, I, we have to, I mean, we'll have to do ask any of her. these companies, if you add them all up, have any profits? DPW? You, Any of them, So Any of SPACs? You and I have the
2: same conversations, obviously, not with each other, but with people in the marketplace. So what are morning. they saying? They're talking about DPW. They're talking about that CIIC that I, that I talked about yesterday, of course, up again, not to mention Longview, you know, that one, all these SPACs that are just skyrocketing. Someone um, said, David. The on, EV-related oh, yeah, ones that oh. we talked about yesterday, put up that list. Yeah, you're making very. Well, because the C- CIIC. Yeah. There were several articles which said I recommended it on Squawk on the Street. No, I know. It's so we sit here and we're skeptical and everybody thinks somehow that we're, that we're being, uh, that we're promoting, which we are not.
3: Carl, we missed we you because. We are simply we're,
2: commenting on what is going on here. Look at that. It,
3: it, 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 it's, there's two markets. There's the Reddit uh, Robin Hoodie market and you can't lose in that market it's like it's like a slot machine that always comes up with three bars it's, it's like you're dealt you're dealt you're dealt 21 you're dealt blackjack every time and the rest of us are dealt a we get a 6 and we get a 10 and we get a queen
1: jim i mean you got goldman uh, titling their strategy reports uh, roaring 20s and that you know that's a double edged sword i mean it's the the picture you're you're painting sounds like both edges of that sword right now
3: I have never. You got two markets. I mean, you got that market of whether you're worried about the Apple 12, and then you have the market where you're looking at fuel cell. And you know, people. I, I don't know, David. How many of the fuel cell people know that it develops in commercial? That it's involved with commercialization of fuel cells, power plants. The answer is they Google it. Okay, don't yeah. laugh at them. I don't stop not, laughing at them, David.
2: They're laughing all the way to the bank right That's now. That's exactly so, right. So listen, we all know, or at least those of us who lived through the late 90s. We reported on it every day. Remember how that ended in terms of speculation. When but it going went on for a all long of these time. That are speculative in nature. It's very much unclear that they are ever going to be able to get to profitability, let alone to generate significant amounts of free cash flow. Some will. There are winners. We used to laugh at Amazon. I mean, I get it. Oh, I get that was funny, right? Amazon. Yeah, funny. Almost Ha-ha. as
3: funny as Netflix. Yeah. Um, Carl, and we've laughed at Tesla
2: along the way. Oh, here these last man, five, man, Tesla. Yeah. So it happens all the time, but it doesn't mean that there aren't plenty that fall by the wayside.
3: Well, I said last night, Carl, that it would be prudent to take a little off the table on the NEOs and the LIs. And on Twitter, I'm telling you, I was I I was a war criminal, a a war criminal because I said, take a little off. I mean, you can take out your basis today (laughs) for most of these stocks. And people said, no, Kramer hates them. I don't. I I am thrilled when people make money. But, you know, wouldn't it be great to just take a little off, go buy a cashmere sweater, you know, By the way, there is a larger overlay here, which is
2: that there is sorry, Carl, that there is, you know, we continue to move towards this in corporate America, in the carbon uh, plans of so many corporations that are going to rely, as you pointed out, Jim, on having a fleet. If they are in any sort of business that requires things being delivered or moved, that is going to bring them towards carbon neutral. Look at GM backing off, for example, no longer supporting the Trump administration in California. Amazing. Uh, you know, so there are real things, not to mention that long uh, web page they gave us the other day and all their efforts in EV, Carl. I mean, this is a real effort. There's no doubt about that.
3: Which brings us to the main, situ- main yeah. point of this of morning's discussion. I have Nikola on tonight. I have Mark Russell. But you're stunned? Why don't you do a Danny Thomas spit take over there? Can you believe this? <laughs> no. I have Nicola.
2: How did they get to you? What did they do?
3: They. They. Uh, well, David. They. They found where I live. They can't. No, Carl, this is the most important booking of my career. It, oh, now you ruined it. <laughs> now you ruined it. It was really interesting Now you oversold it. No, I mean, this is, is the ultimate the EV truck company. We know that they've got a pending deal with GM. We know that they had a truck that was rolled down a hill. Okay, it was going fast. And we know that this is the uh, green hydrogen play, which is what Amazon needs. It's what FedEx needs. Right now they're using plug power, right? But, Carl, this is the company to listen to. Because if Mark Russell tells a good story, maybe they can get past uh, the guy with the two first names, David, Trevor Milne. Hey, Trevor. we're going to still hear
2: Jim, from Trevor uh, one of these days.
1: Now you, You've shown a bright light on hydrogen uh, lately, I I know you tweeted hydrogen. about it this morning. But, I mean, people were looking for uh, GM to say something about that deal closing last week, and they did not.
3: Uh, no, uh, but I am obviously going to try to without the booking being canceled, I hope, uh, try to find out a little more about the GM deal because I, I, I have reason to believe that GM wants to back hydrogen power because green hydrogen is something that I expect President Biden with his new envoy, uh, Senator Kerry, Secretary Kerry, whatever, uh, that he is, that Kerry is, fa- I think he's going to favor green hydrogen.
2: He may. And GM did include it at least in that write-up that I was discussing. They yeah. did mention uh, Nikola. Uh, so it's not as though they excluded it. But again, to your point, Carl, we don't haven't seen anything official in terms of uh, cl- actually closing that transaction as we take a look at uh, the picks. Uh, expected pick is Yellen, by the way, that has not yet been announced. The others all were announced yesterday. Well, well, I can tell yeah, you, this and we this do this
1: expect, is beautiful. Uh, NBC did have a, a tweet this morning that there'll be an event today in which all of those nominees and appointees may speak. Uh, so we might hear from them. By the way, guys, you mentioned Tesla. Did you see Musk is now the second richest in the world, surpassing Bill Gates?
3: God. God. Hey, you
2: yeah. know, had a yeah. good year? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what's he done yeah. for world it's peace? Wor- oh,
1: God. David. <laughs> Sorry. It's worked out. What standard you hold? People guys, we'll take a break. Uh, There's a lot of retail to get to, including uh, Best Buy, Dick's, Hormel, Smucker, a downgrade of Ulta today, upgrades of GE, and a double upgrade of Wells. When we come back, retail earnings definitely in focus as we approach Black Friday this morning. Best Buy, Tiffany, Dollar Tree, each posting uh, beats. Same goes for Dick's Sporting Goods, which also named company president uh, Lauren Hobart as its new CEO. She will replace Ed Stack, who becomes executive chair and chief merchant. Jim, on Best Buy... (laughs) Uh, appliances up 39.3. Unbelievable.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously, one of the things that's happened uh, that people should be aware of is is that it's very hard to get appliances. I mean, a lot of these are backordered. I mean, when you speak to Whirlpool, a lot of this stuff is just sold out. So people are going from place to place to find them. And yet, what did Best Buy do? They did something that were, has become uh, the kiss of death. Uh, they didn't really give you a forecast. And... Who the heck would think you could forecast anything in this environment? But it doesn't matter. Uh, they're, uh, they are really, uh, I think, just a great, great, great company. And if it does get hit, I think you have to buy it. The, the, the inventory shortages in, in appliances is going to last for a long time. Uh, it, it is an amazing thing that's going on. This is just the house The houses were up, uh, what, 6 percent, the prices? And there's just tremendous inflation in anything that goes into a house. The appliance prices are insane how much more they are. But they gave no outlook, Carl. And because they gave no outlook, they poured water on the fire. David,
1: Mm. they ruined the
3: narrative. They ruined it. Everybody loves to talk narrative. Well,
2: the narrative overall, though, is that, unexpectedly, retailers... Even ones beyond Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, and Target, obviously Amazon, are right. doing pretty well, Jim. They're oh, doing yeah. pretty darn well. well, well.
3: We, there's no experiential economy. I mean, there's nothing to do. And people have moved from the city to the suburbs or the country because the office is viewed as too dangerous. So what they do, and this is from uh, Laura Albert, William sonoma is they turn their house into a schoolroom. Uh, there's a schoolroom, there's an entertainment room, and, and there's an office, and all of these need to be decked out. That's why RH Restoration Hardware is doing so well. That's why Wayfair is doing so well. It's why Williams Sonoma is doing so well. That's why uh, Herman Miller is doing so well. This is happening right in front of us, and the, the people are redoing their kitchens, they're remodeling, and you cannot get a refrigerator. It's it, it, you, you have to try to find a refrigerator. I mean, this is incredible time. Uh, The the demand for anything that goes into a kitchen for remodeling, forget it. Just wait. You can't get the products that you want. And the jacked up prices are ridiculous. There. In other words, I tried to buy a refrigerator. um, Uh Uh-oh.
1: I'll tell you what, Jim. uh, You talk about there being no experiential economy, and you're so right. When it does come, though— it's going to be a massive turn. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm taking everybody out at CNBC. Everyone. Everyone. Save the tape. Save that
3: tape. <laughs> you better have that good Table wine. For 500. That good
2: wine you pour at your parties. What the Caymus. That ca- the Caymus.
3: The Caymus 40 on the house. Oh,
2: boy. Save the old tape. Make sure don't cut it off earlier. Keep the Caymus part.
1: <laughs> we'll get a mad dash after a break. Don't go anywhere.
2: All right, a little uh, more than seven minutes before we get to an opening bell. Let's get in the mad dash. We talk about GE a lot. It's certainly not the company it once
3: was. No. But it's been on something of a role in the stock market. Look at this. Larry Colton, he's playing offense. Made a small acquisition last week. Didn't mention how much it was, but it was an acquisition in healthcare, which is one of the businesses doing well. David, this may be a Biden stock. Think about it. Wind power. Renewables. Gas turbines as a replacement for coal, um, aerospace, Boeing making a comeback, healthcare, C- C- you know, CAT scans. Uh, this is a portfolio made for Biden. It's a Biden stock. You think it's a Biden stock? I think stop. it's a Biden stock. So that's in
2: addition to this upgrade today that I know is one of the, the reasons you upgrade. want to mention it. to an Well, the price form. target
3: of 12. I mean, give me a break.
2: I know. That's not exact. But that does represent 20 times what is their 60 cent interim normalized free cash flow per share number. I mean, 20 times free cash flow is not a bad multiple. It's
3: like well, that's still. Right. But look, I think that you're going to see big orders from Boeing for the uh, 737. So if aerospace comes back stronger, maybe oh, benefits more. You're going to be desperate for one. It's going to be Honeywell. It's going to be GE. It's going to be Raytheon. And they acquired everything. So you have a moment where you could, Raytheon being the old, uh, United, the old technologies, United Technologies. Right? You're going to be um, in aerospace when Boeing starts announcing the orders. And then if, if uh, Biden softens on China and President Xi wants to extend an oil branch, does he buy? Does he buy Boeing planes, which they need desperately?
2: Interesting. Yeah.
3: This is what I'm. It's but, called crafting a thesis. Okay. I mean,
2: Well, I mean, by the way, you mentioned RTX, which is now the symbol <laughs> for Raytheon. Yeah. That has not been a good performer. I mean, you no. wanted to own Otis and you wanted to own Carrier out of the split, but you did not want to own this. No. One.
3: Isn't that something? Yeah. And uh, defense, by the way, the military. Uh, there it well, is. Well, all right, it's coming back. A bit. It's coming back. Yeah. But yeah, it's I no guess. plug power, David. It's no neo. No. no, no, it's no Ballard Power with a big offering this morning. And what's our favorite one? DPW. D- I don't even know what it is. It's not, David. It doesn't matter. Now, once I'm like again, right. David, ever since I met David, he insists on having the facts get in the way of the story. But the DPW people don't care.
2: And we're we're going to keep an eye on all of they've those They've Googled things. it. See, they've and Googled it. And many of the others involving EV, involving SPACs, two of our uh, initials that we like to use a lot here, and they're combined a lot. we got an opening bell a few minutes away. Stay with us. One thing we shouldn't be doing really is flying, right? Oh, no. You should fly. I should fly? Absolutely. I have, I have a quote here from uh, Celine Galdner. She's a member of President-elect Biden's COVID-19 Advisory Board, and she says, right now we have a fire blazing, and to me, traveling and spending time with people over the holidays is sort of like pouring gasoline on a fire. The,
4: the, the problem is not being on the airplane. The problem is what you do uh, off the airplane. The air cabin is very safe.
1: That's Gary Kelly of Southwest trying to get uh, Felix Salmon of Axios uh, to fly again, Jim. Uh, as for the shares, it did get to forty-nine fifty a few days ago. If it gets past that, it would take you back to March levels once again.
3: Well, look, I, I, Gary has the, the he has the data. The empirical data is very positive for flying much more positive than if you're in an office building that doesn't have windows. Uh, That's because the air circulates uh, in a plane many, many times, and the air doesn't circulate in an office unless it has windows. Uh, Look, I I think that we're all struggling. It's really interesting. We're all struggling to try to figure out where all this new wave is coming from. And that itself is a little dangerous that we haven't figured out where it's coming from. But it's not coming from the airlines. It's just that people remember when it was. Uh, Gary, I think, has been forceful. Uh, all the airline execs have numbers. The people who really follow this more than anyone are the people who run Boeing. And they know that Boeing is not a, you know, Boeing planes are not big producers of COVID. Restaurants produce more COVID.
1: Yeah, and in the meantime, uh, you know, Journal did a piece last week about Southwest trying to play offense, at least when it comes to access in airports, Jim. Uh, expanding to O'Hare, things that it would have probably never done or taken years to do in a non-COVID environment. Uh, We'll see about uh, how that plays out down the road. But to your larger point, Jim, Boeing is going to lead the Dow at the open up three and a half percent.
3: How can you not feel good about Boeing, uh, given the fact that they're ready uh, and they have demand? Uh, and you start getting a travel rally, the next thing you know, they have orders. And when you hear about the orders, then people are going to get very excited. This stock hasn't really done anything. Uh, There are a lot of companies that I think are related to travel that are just coming back because when you have three vaccines and they do have warehouses and they can get it to you, Pfizer can get it to you, Operation Warp Speed can get it to you. I'm quite confident it's going to get to the pharmacy. I don't know what's going to happen once it gets there. But the vaccine is here and it's going to go to the healthcare workers, which is great. It's going to go to the nursing homes, which is
2: terrific. But, uh, Jim, before we get off travel, you know, the one question that I continue to have and it's and and obviously we don't know the answer is business travel, which, while volume wise is not that large for many of the airlines, profitability wise, it's very important. And, you know, we all know anecdotally, we've all spoken. I've spoken Mm -hmm. to so many uh, people who travel travel. heavily for their job who are not traveling at all right now. But when they talk about it, don't believe that they will take anywhere near the same amount of trips, business related trips. Now, I don't know if that will end up being true. You know, you may choose not to go visit a client somewhere, but then a competitor does. And then you're like, well, I guess I've got to go, too. But you do have to wonder what that's going to mean when you start to look at a normalization for these airlines and, and then assume some sort of diminution in business travel of significance.
3: Uh, I think you're very right. I think a lot of the companies found out that their bottom line is enhanced by uh, no more travel, uh, no more big dinners. Uh, there's obviously the restaurant business thrives on the uh, business customer who overorders and orders the Caymus and charges it to the firm. But I would say uh, it, it, no one wants to see if you run one of these companies, they're thrilled that you're on Zoom. Why? Because they figure that you maybe you give them COVID and, and, and it's an ecosystem. Until there is a vaccine, I think there won't be a lot of business travel. And then once there's a vaccine, maybe someone, uh, it's like a Mexican standoff, maybe someone goes and then somebody else has to go to try to win business. But when you talk to a work day, when you talk to a sales force, yeah. they are closing deals hand over fist. They are.
2: It's amazing how many things have been able to transfer seem, almost seamlessly to Zoom. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot. You know, you may be right when it comes to wooing clients. You may see that return to a certain extent, but internally, you know you're running one of the big investment banks, and you got to go to Tokyo just to say hello to people uh, once or twice a year. You're not doing that anymore.
3: No, I'm no, doing that. No, and when Zoom figures out how to do underneath, and you know, I'm sure they're working on like, like WebEx, any of these, if they can do translations underneath, then you got DocuSign at the end. Boom. Why do we have to go anywhere? I mean, you, you can end up buying a piece of real estate by mistake. That's how easy DocuSign is.
2: Not to mention, as we've said many times, Zoom is <laughs> in its infancy, Carl. I mean, it's only going to get better and better as a service. And or all the other ones. Well, I don't want to leave them all out, whether it's Teams or WebEx. You go through all of them. Right. They're only going to improve their, uh, th- th- their the-, th- the whole system for everybody who uses them. Yeah. But what do they want yeah. today? I they mean, want the latency. banks. Latency. Right. Latency. I was just
1: going to get to that. I was going to get to Wells, The Jen. banks. Uh, well, because well, Wells, Wells is yes. making it making its first trip above the 200-day, not since March, not since February, since January 14th. Really? Actually, maybe the 21st. But you're well, talking the, the early part of the year but above the 200-day as uh, Ray J Ray goes J. To, from sell to, to buy.
3: Well, this ne- – holy cow, Wells is up dollar $1.50? Well, Wells is driving the group. Um, We were concerned, but Wells is overcapitalized. Ray J says that it's only uh, 82% of book versus uh, 135 for Bank of America, 184 for J.P. Morgan, expense initiatives, Charlie Scharf doing it right. Well, I mean, if that stock is up, you know, 5%, then you will take up the rest of the group. And this is a rally based, I think, David, on the return of Wells to um, the... Back to starting to, to get to where it could be book value soon, which is amazing. This is Wells, David.
2: Wells. Yeah, look at that. It's $15 billion above $100. No, that's past par again. I mean, it was a $90 billion market cap for a while there its near its lows. It's breaking out. My hat's off um, to uh, Stephanie Link, who has it's, liked it's Wells a, in this period. Is it sustainable, spirit. though, Jim?
3: David, no. um, you know you've got Janet Yellen. Yeah. And you've got uh, Jay Powell. Yeah, they're not going to stop it. Okay, I think that they're not hawks when it comes to the banks. Yeah, you know, maybe you get somehow Elizabeth, Warren, Senator Warren, in there. Well, that's but, not happening. No, it's not happening. Ooh. That's that's one of the. It's a relief rally, right? Because Senator Warren was not made Treasury Secretary, right? So, Carl, I mean, yes, I think you can move. I now if we don't have earnings so they can go up until we see about all the bad loans but the, people are also playing catch up I, you know i've been liking the chevron and pioneer and i don't think that group is going to eventually be good but right now the david dpw holdings i think it's halted uh oh oh my god really it's halted for people trying to figure out what it is <laughs> <laughs> stop trading what is it <laughs>
2: Well, at least CIIG Merger Corp., which is a rival. That's the name of the company. With It's got those micro factories. Don't forget those. Is it mini right. factories or micro I factories? I it was micro. Was it micro? No, it micro. I think it was micro. I think mini's yeah. next. Micro is really little factories. Yeah, well. My, yeah, really small. Nano. Um, yeah, they make tiny little EV cars. Uh, no, I, 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 I. Come on. We, we haven't kid. seen it. We this is like wave gosh. four.
3: Remember wave um, four,
2: David? There they all are. Yes, of course. We're, I remember Wave 4. Yeah, Wave yeah. 4. Yeah. You know, talk about stocks coming back. Uh, here's an old favorite we haven't mentioned in a long time.
3: Oh, let me say, do, like, Karnak, or you want to do Jeopardy? You really want to try? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, we not going to get it. We, we haven't mentioned in a long to, time. You were
2: all over this. because You did not like it. You, oh, boy, you had a lot of problems with it. I give up. Viacom. Oh, no, yeah. I got that wrong. Though. Yeah, well, you didn't say anything. Uh, take a look. Uh, look at the move that that stock has had over the last three months. By the way, I put it up versus Fox, because for quite some time, Fox was uh, hanging in there. Uh, I think it may have suffered recently because of the concerns about what an outgoing Trump administration will mean and whether or not there will be. I mean, we already see this Newsmax property doing all, doing well in the ratings and what will it mean for the Fox uh, network, of course, which is the key by far the key profitability generator for Fox. But Viacom's come back, I mentioned it today because it was also downgraded over at Deutsche Bank to a hold. Um, They point out that, you know, it's still unclear in terms of more details regarding the company's streaming plans over the next couple of months. And then you've got the NFL, Jim, which we've talked about a lot. The competition for which is going to be fierce. There's going to be, um, uh, we would think, at least some digital aspect to it. Uh, that may include some of the huge names that are out there, the Amazons of the world. We'll see. Uh, we don't have details. I would expect they are negotiating now. I think that's true. And I'm, uh, everything right. I hear indicates it's probably going to end up in a good place for the NFL. But how much is it going to cost Viacom continues to be a question, Viacom, CBS. But uh, the positive there is, that you know, they're in the process of selling Simon and & Schuster and HarperCollins, which, by the way, is actually News Corp, which right. is another Murdoch company. Um, is in the running, but they may have an antitrust issue, uh, 36% concentration given they are, uh, uh, sorry, they wouldn't. Bertelsmann would, which already owns, uh, which would have a roughly 36% concentration. But HarperCollins is after it as well. And they're talking about serious multiples and talking to a couple of potential bidders there, north of uh, $1.5 billion, at least 10 times $155 million in EBITDA. That seems to have helped Viacom. Uh, Yes, you're talking about something that could have ended up being almost 10 percent of its overall market cap in terms of uh, and he's selling other assets as well. Backish, although I don't think the sale of BlackRock, the headquarters, remember, they had that on them. That's not going to go very well anymore. I don't think prime office space in Midtown is what it once was.
3: No, not right now. But, David, Disney is giving the cover for a lot of entertainment. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter question the Hulu. Uh, They they can do something monetized. What do you mean? Well, I'm just saying Disney's got a lot of things they can sell if they want to. Yeah. Maybe they don't need to sell I don't. I'm not sure that they do. Not sure they do. I like that stock very, very much. You do. You like it? Oh, hoo-ho. Yeah. Oh. I think we have to go to Rick. Okay. Carl?
1: Let's get to him, guys. 10-year, uh, 87 basis points. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hello
0: carl you know we are watching the markets creep up in yield down in price if if you remember 82 and a half was the close we had friday well we've crept up and that close at 82 and a half was a two-week low close so we are building and that's very important we all know that treasury secretary mnuchin uh basically taking the backstop money for the cares programs away from the fed uh, the Wall Street Journal today called it courageous. That fits with my line of thinking. Many in the marketplace didn't like it. But one thing that we do know, the markets didn't mind it. Whether you look at Barclays high yield spread chart, whether you look at the investment grade spread chart, whether you look at the HYG ETF or the LQD ETF, you cannot pick out a market response. The markets are dealing with this because... The backstop is essential as it may have been interpreted. It was never actually needed. It was more psychological than anything else. And finally, if we look at what's going on with the euro currency, it is hovering at levels that are close to breaking out to the best levels since the spring of 2018. Carl, Jim, David, back
1: to you. All right, Rick, talk to you in a bit. Rick Santelli. When we come back, the CEO of Medtronics with us on the company's latest results and where COVID-19 fits into the picture. Don't go anywhere.
2: Medtronic out with its quarterly results they did exceed what analysts had been expecting ventilator sales were strong but profits fell on weaker demand for medical devices of course elective surgeries and procedures continue to be delayed due to the pandemic joining us now in a first on CNBC interview is Medtronic CEO Jeff Marta nice to have you Jeff uh, and good morning to you. I want to start with the, uh, with the pandemic and where we stand right now, particularly its impact on elective procedures. You indicated on your conference call that weekly sales tracks are ahead of the same weeks in the second quarter. There are pockets of more restrictions. This was your CFO uh, and delayed procedures around the globe. So you're not seeing yet an impact from this uptick, significant uptick in COVID in hospitals pulling back on elective procedures?
4: No, David, not yet. Um, you know, we've been really impressed with uh, how the hospitals have really learned to uh, safely care for COVID patients and at the same time conduct elective procedures. They've learned a lot of lessons the, uh, back in March and April and have really innovated uh, the way they can conduct their business and care for patients. And, you know, up to, you know, up so far uh, in the last few weeks, we have not seen the recovery uh, slow down yet. And, we, you know, going forward, Based on the feedback that we're getting from hospitals, we expect this more to continue. Uh, we have built in some some pockets where there might be some uh, pullback on elective procedures because they're just running out of space in, in the hospital. But uh, we, you know, we feel this is going to be limited.
2: You do. Well, tell me a little more about that feedback, because we bring on a lot of hospital administrators here trying to focus, of course, on. Unfortunately, on uh, the significant pro- I don't want you know the spread of of the disease lately. What are you getting in terms of feedback? Are they just saying, "Hey, elective procedures have to be preserved"?
4: You know, it's it's both. I mean, it, 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 one they they believe that the um, the severity of the COVID patients that they've been getting has been less. It's trended to, to younger, uh, and the hospitalizations and the length of stay haven't been as long. Uh, and on on to your point. You know, we, they've got to keep elective procedures going, uh, both, you know, for for the health of many patients who are suffering from, you know, uh, cardiac issues or strokes. Uh, they really need to move forward on those and and for their own finances. The elective procedures tend to, uh, you know, to fund a lot of the uh, they drive a lot of the profitability for the hospital.
3: Jeff, Jim, good to see you.
4: Thanks, Jim. You too.
3: Um, diabetes, climb 5%. That's a division. I used to own that market. Uh, Dexcom, Abbott made a lot of big moves. Can you take that back? Can you take the glucose monitor business back? Because it, it, there, it could be a Medtronic product very easily, a dominant.
4: Yeah, Stan, we will take it back. I mean, our solution here, we've, we're the one-stop shop, right? We've got the insulin delivery capabilities, the pump, and we just bought a, a company called Companion Medical, which is a smart pen, which is a, I call it a, a cheaper, less invasive way to deliver insulin. We've got uh, the the continuous glucose monitoring and we've got the uh, world-class algorithms that that will give you the best outcomes. And on top of all that, we've got the the best service and it creates a total solution. What happened to Medtronic is we fell behind in sensors and continuous glucose monitoring sensor. And and we have two products uh, that we're submitting in. We have one that just finished a US clinical trial and another we're submitting to the FDA uh, in the next month or so, uh, and these two will get us back uh, to you know to comp- competitive uh, nature here, and when you combine it with everything else, I believe we'll get back to that uh, you know that, that that best solution for patients and back to uh, share gaining mode.
3: Uh, and then one of the things I'm really counting on Medtronic to do pain stimulation, uh, you know, right. pain the idea that we don't have to use drugs that we know have not worked and have caused a tremendous problem in our country with opiates. Uh, you can be the answer. Where are you?
4: Well, look, the, the whole neuromodulation space, which talks about stimulating the, the brain and the spinal cord uh, to, to do various things like treat Parkinson's disease, alleviate you know, back and leg pain, even help with overactive bladder. This space is really taking off. And Medtronic founded it 20, 30 years ago, created the space. Others have come in, and the market is growing as we learn more and more about the central nervous system and how to, uh, like I said, in the case of pain that you just talked about, we just uh, published some 12-month data on a new pain stimulation algorithm, if you will, uh, that is the best data that's out there for, for back pain. And uh, it just, we just published 12-month data. We had published three-month data. And those same benefits have held up for 12 months. And, look, patients are really excited about this. Physicians are really excited. And we're seeing a lot of growth come out of that uh, segment. Uh, but I'd say overall, over the next decade, you're going to see a a lot of growth in neuromodulation because exactly what you said, it can replace uh, pharmacological solutions in many cases without the same side effect profile as you get with a a pharma product.
2: Jeff, your company has benefited from the need for ventilators over this last year. Uh, But given the changing profile in terms of at least how doctors treat the disease, not as often now with ventilators as they've learned more about COVID, Uh, Not to mention, of course, the prospect of vaccines that hopefully as soon as possible are going to stop people from going to the hospital at all. What is your expectation for ventilators? When do they return to a more normalized pattern of sales?
4: I think over the next year, it's going to return to a more normalized uh, pattern. And, you know, for us, let's keep it in perspective. uh, It was before the pandemic, one percent of Medtronic's revenue. It has gone up a bit from there, you know, but not uh, it's not all that material for Medtronic. our, Our focus on ventilators. It was never about uh, the economics that it's going to drive to the company. That's a short-term thing. And really for us, it was about uh, doing our part, just like the, the pharma companies working on the vaccine. It was an all-hands-on-deck from everybody at Medtronic. We partnered with a number of organizations outside of Medtronic to increase our uh, number of, of ventilators and increase the functionality of them as well to do our part in contributing to this, this pandemic. And that's really what it was all about for Medtronic. Um, I want to
2: talk a bit here as we wrap up about China uh, and your drug eluding stents there. Uh, you were a winner in a Chinese national tender. I mean, how important is China overall to your strategy?
4: Yeah, China is a very important part of our strategy as the Chinese government is really driving access to care. Uh, more advanced care, like the kind of care we provide across the across the country, to so, so greater segments of their population, into more rural cities. It's a huge growth opportunity for us, uh, but we, you know, we've really got to increase our investment profile there because uh, there's strong local competition. The government tends to favor that local competition with their uh, with the reimbursement schemes and, and the like. But uh, but there's real innovation coming out of China as well. So it is an opportunity for us. We've ex- we've excelled in China over the last 20 years, uh, over the last you know 40 quarters. We've had strong double digit uh, growth every quarter uh, up until covid. And we expect that to continue uh, post covid. But very strategic uh, a market for us and a big growth driver for the company.
2: Even even with, as you just indicated, it not being a level playing field. I mean, you still are not just want to play, but are able to make uh, you know returns, generate returns that you're happy with.
4: Yes, we are. And, and okay. yeah, so there are some policies that favor uh, local companies, but we've got our cards as well. We've got world-class uh, technology platforms uh, that, uh, and so we have a technological uh, lead here. Uh, and we have, you know, successfully been able to, to navigate IP concerns and things like that, as well as some reimbursement advantages that maybe local companies have to continue to grow our business, which is now, uh, you know, over, two, you know, $2 billion dollars. Uh, to grow that at double digits. And, and, you know, we're actually starting to partner with the Chinese physicians themselves to innovate new new products uh, that, uh, that we think will, uh, right now we import a lot of products there, but we're starting to innovate locally with Chinese physicians that I think will even accelerate our growth more in China.
2: Hmm. Well, Jeff, uh, we're out of time right now, but always appreciate your stopping by. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Jeff Mart is the CEO of Medtronic. Carl.
1: All right, David, uh, in the meantime, we got the Dow up a full percent, not quite enough for a fresh closing high. S&P's trying to push past 3,600. NASDAQ briefly went red. We're back in a minute. Let's get to Jim and
3: stop trading. One of the most tantalizing stocks that hasn't worked for a long time is Dollar Tree. Uh, today, they got it all together. They're talking about omnichannel. They're talking about how they don't have enough inventory to meet the demand. They're talking about a great holiday season. Uh, there's still people uh, chasing COVID products. It is coming together, and given the fact that it has fallen so far on by, uh, behind Dollar General, it may have more to run. And I think this is an exceptional story. Uh, my Dollar Trees are packed, and I love them. David probably doesn't, he doesn't know Dollar Tree as well as I do, but it's good.
1: <laughs> Jim, market's definitely looking past uh, the comp miss-it family dollar.
3: Yeah, I think that what's happened, new management... Uh, talking about whenever you talk about you can't catch up with demand and you give a good forecast, that's terrific. Now, uh, Best Buy talked about it, 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 no forecast, and, and I look what they did to themselves. I mean, look what they did. They had a great story to tell, but they refused to, to, to beat their chest. And, well, here we go.
1: Yeah, yeah, no Q4 guy, definitely hurting BBY, as you oh, said. Oh, my. Open.
3: All right, Jim. So Nikola tonight? Oh, geez, Nikola. I mean, is this a special story uh, in the sense that it's trying to make a comeback from the old days when people questioned its legitimacy? We got to find you know, they've got a, a, a tremendous deal in Germany, uh, Bosch, uh, board member Bosch. But we've got to find out. Maybe we can find out a little bit more about some of the deals it has with other companies who are working on.
2: Yeah, well, the hydrogen fuel stations being a key part of their strategy as well. It's a great story. And we're we're going to get close to announcing that before the short thing, I think, apparently. Yes, maybe BP. Yeah, that could be.
1: All right. We'll we'll find out at six when we're watching you. uh, Thank you. Bad (laughs) money. Thank you, guys. 6 p.m. Eastern time. All right, Jim, we'll see you later. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Support for this program is provided
2: by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon-intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com meetingdemand meeting demand.
0: At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success.